been listening to MOD Channel. Hi guys and girls, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG channel where we help you to see a real and practical Christian from God's word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today, we're going to be discussing what I will title the Hebrew women promise. All right, the Hebrew women promise. It's a very popular verse of scripture in many circles that people hold on to uh, concerning childbirth. It's Exodus chapter 1 verse 19 and the midwife said to pharaoh because the hebrew women are not like the egyptian women for they are lively and give birth before the midian or midwives come to them so um that text is really made to say that the hebrew women are so strong that when they give birth all right when they give birth that is that they don't even wait the the midwives or the nurses or the medical staff don't even have the opportunity to do anything because of how strong these women are okay so question is is that a promise to every single woman out there is that a promise that every woman every believing woman every christian woman can hold on to for childbirth or supernatural childbirth well let's just crack on okay so Many see the Bible as a buffet of promises from God to claim. And while there are certain promises from God to us, the Bible is way more than that. So, the Bible is way more than a book of promises. It's way more than just opening and saying, okay, where are the promises I can claim? Oh, that one. All right. And you begin to confess and claim. No, no, no. It's much, way, way more than that. In fact, for you to reduce the Bible to that it's really disrespectful to God and his finished work. All right, let's look at a few texts. 2 Timothy 3, verse 15. And from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, talking about Genesis to Malachi, which are able to make you wise for salvation. That word wise is skilled or learned in salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So it means that if you properly study Genesis to Malachi, you should arrive at one conclusion, which is what? salvation or god's plan for salvation should make you wise or skilled or learned concerning god's salvation plan that is found in christ jesus says through faith in christ jesus that is actually what the bible is about the bible is not a history book even if it contains history the bible is not a book for um general wisdom even though it actually is the wisdom of god to us but the Bible is majorly, all right, God's revelation of his plan concerning Jesus Christ, which is our salvation. That is the major reason for the Bible. And then verse 16 now gives us the application, how this can make sense to us or how that applies to us. All right. It says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All right. So that word inspiration of God means that it was God inspiring the writing of this text, okay? Because um, the scripture, the word scripture is from the word, you know, script, all right? It's the word grammar. It's, it's, it's writing. And so the writing down of these events that occurred, these prophecies 
that happened, all the sayings and all those things that occurred, God inspired people to write those things down. All right? And that became what we call the Word of God. Are you seeing that? So the Word of God is inspired. It is God's Word to us. It is God's communication to us. So it is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. All right? Profitable for what? For teaching, for doctrine. That's the first word, doctrine. For teaching. Okay? So in other words, God's Word is supposed to be taught meaning it's supposed to be properly interpreted and explained the reason for interpreting is because the original language that it was written in was not english all right or yoruba or whichever language that you read your bible in the original languages were the hebrew the greek the aramaic that was the original language so there is a need when it was translated into your own language um some things may have been mistranslated or lost in transit. So there's a need to interpret the scriptures. There's a need to explain, interpret them. That is, sometimes you need to go to the original language to see what were they really saying there. And then there's a need to properly explain it. Are you seeing that? So that just shows you the attitude towards God's word that you must have or any teacher of the word. It is supposed to be taught well. It's supposed to be explained. Are you seeing that? So it's not just supposed to be just read and at surface value and just taken like that. No, it is supposed to be properly explained. And that's why the work of um, scripture, the study of God's word is a very serious task. The teaching of God's word is a very, 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 very serious task. To the point that in James, (laughs) James is actually (laughs) telling some people, he says, don't be too hasty, I'm paraphrasing, to be teachers. All right, <laughs> because you know it talks about a stricter judgment on such people. So you and I are supposed to honor God's word. And when we say honor, we mean to treat it specially. The way we handle it, the way we approach it, the way we read it, the way we think about it, the way we apply it. We cannot just pick a verse of scripture out of context and just apply it any way we feel like no because you see god communicated to us that should say something god communicated to us god wrote to us god spoke to us (laughs) the creator has communicated with us so we must treat that in a very special manner we can't just treat it anyhow all right so he says it is profitable it is good for teaching all right he now says for reproof so, reproof there is to give evidence. Are you seeing that? Is to give evidence. Is to teach us, to, to give evidence. Now, give evidence concerning what? Well, we just looked at 2 Timothy verse 15 that says, it is able to make you wise for what? Salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So, it is able to give you evidence concerning God's salvation plan or God's thoughts towards man or God's nature or God's character. It's a revelation of God. Are you seeing that? God's word reveals who God is. So, it is able to give you evidence. Now, look at, let's consider a few, just two verses of scripture, or two texts. John 5, 39, it says, search, the, Jesus, this is just Jesus talking to the scribes or Pharisees of his time. He says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. He says, but they are they which what testify of me but you will not come unto me. So he's saying that these give witness, they bear witness, they give evidence of me. Are you seeing that? They agree with me. They, are, they point to me. 
So when Jesus came and wanted to give evidence concerning himself, he didn't just say, oh, just rely on the words I'm, words I'm saying. No. He, he went to the Old Testament. He went to the scriptures to, ex, to, to give evidence concerning himself and his ministry. Are you seeing that? Of course, we see the same thing in Luke chapter 24, verse 25, okay? Then he said to them, now, by the way, the them there is two disciples on the road to Emmaus. It says, then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of hearts to believe in all the prophets have spoken. So which prophets are we referring to? We are referring to the prophets of the, what we call the Old Testament, all right? Which is just the word of God. It's some people who called it the Old Testament. It's not supposed to be called that. Um... And the reason I'll give for that is that even the people in quote the New Testament, if you want to add Jesus there, Jesus taught exclusively from the Old Old Testament in quote. The apostles taught exclusively from the Old Testament. Um, what we have, the four Gospels, the book of Acts and the epistles and Revelation did not exist for up to maybe 60 years after Jesus rose from the dead. So, what was the early church teaching from? They were teaching from what we call the Old Testament, which is just the Word of God. And even the things they wrote, which is the four Gospels, which is the Book of Acts, which is the Epistles and Revelation, were things that they actually studied and extracted from the so-called Old Testament. Are you seeing that? So, it is irresponsible for us to say that that Old Testament or call it the Old Testament because it is not old. It's actually the Word of God. What we just see is a clearer explanation of it, you know, in the New Testament. That's just what we see there. It's just a, it's like you've gone in there, you've excavated it and then you've presented it, you know, free of some other things. That's just what it is. Alright, so it says, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter his glory? Alright, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So this is Christ who has risen from the dead. And after being raised from the dead, he is now giving witness or evidence to the people about the fact that he had to die. Because they didn't believe that he had to die and that he rose from the dead. He had to explain to you. It wasn't just enough that he showed himself and said, ah, I've risen, oh, I've risen, oh, no. He had to go and explain why he had to do that and explain that it was already prophesied that this was what was going to happen. You get, then their belief was strengthened. All right? So, as I said, it gives, the word of God is supposed to give evidence. It's supposed to, you know, support, <laughs> are you with me? It's like building a case for the salvation plan of God is it builds a case. Yeah, it's like a, like a lawyer trying to you know discover every. The more you study and do your research, you are discovering evidence to build a case to convince somebody concerning these things. All right. So that's the word um, reproof or to give evidence. All right. And of course, it says here correction. All right. So what is correction? Correction would be to amend something. All right. To rectify something. To <laughs> there are different words to use for it okay so but correct is like something has will i say gone out of the way you bring it back you know on course all right so um obviously it is to correct many things correct our ideas about god correct our assumptions concerning god you know it it sets our mind straight it sets the record straight that okay this is maybe what you used to believe but now this is what you should believe this is what the truth is are you with me wherever you believe they lie you now believe the truth okay and we see um examples of that like in james chapter 1 verse 13 it says let no man say or let no one say when he's tempted i am tempted by god so are you seeing that there was probably um, an idea in the minds of many people 
that God was out there tempting them. God was the one, if they were being tempted to do evil, it was God, all right, that was behind their temptation. So they ascribed it to God and not to the devil, all right? It says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he even tempt anyone. And this word tempted by evil is actually a very interesting word in the Greek, all right? It actually means, let me spare you what the word is, but it actually means that God cannot even conceive evil. God is a novice. God is inexperienced with evil. So God cannot, the one who is inexperienced, who has not seen before, who has not done evil, how can he now tempt one to do evil when it is beyond the scope of what he can do? So if you want to find out something God cannot do, now I've, I've, I've told you, you found out, God cannot do evil. And so he cannot tempt every man. Then James begins correct it further. He says, but everyone is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So that's a topic and that topic on its own. We will not go into that today. So, uh, then he goes into verse 16 says do not be deceived that means do not go into error don't believe this lie my beloved brethren verse 17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning so james is making a very strong case for the fact that god is not involved with evil god does not tempt people that rather where we would find god um involved if we're going to convict god of a crime the crime will be his goodness that is how you would convict God, all right? In the court of law, you cannot convict him of evil, all right? So you see, correction is there. And the last one is also instruction, okay? Instruction. So inst- instruction is basically to direct. So it's more of, to if I, if I instruct you, it's more of a command. And it is more to direct your path because God's word is authoritative. What does that mean? It means that if you deviate from God's word, you'll find yourself... <laughs> In a place you don't want to be, all right. Jesus at the temptation, what did he respond to Satan when he said, Turn the stones to bread? He says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So Jesus was making clear that you see, God and his word is how man is sustained. Are you with me? So if you deviate from God's word, you have yourself to blame. You are going to get into problems because God's word is his wisdom. So he instructs you, he commands you. Even from the first um, the first time we see man sinning, God actually commanded him against that. He says, of every tree you may freely eat. And the Bible tells us, he says, it talks about the garden, of every tree you may freely eat. And it tells us the tree that was in the garden. It says the tree of life was in the midst of the garden. So he says, of every tree you may freely eat, talking about the tree of life. He says, but of this other one, you may not eat. So the Bible says, okay, actually that text begins, and God commanded all right, and God commanded. I think it's it would be better to just show it to you, Genesis chapter um, two. All right, verse sixteen. And the Lord God commanded. Are you seeing that the man saying, "Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat," so God commanded him concerning life. He says, "Take life," but he says, "Of this other one, a tree of knowledge of good and evil, which would just be the opposite or the consequence of not um, receiving the life of God." That is what you should not take. In other words, take this. Commanded him. Man, that is why it is disobedience. So Adam disobeyed God's instruction and chose death. He chose the alternative to God and his life. Are you seeing that? So we saw the consequence was death. So the same thing. God's word is authoritative in nature. So it is therefore instructive. So God instructs us. 
Are you seeing that? So when we don't heed God's instructions, we destroy ourselves, we destroy our lives. So God's word is instructive. It has instructions in there. It is how we are trained. You see a child, for example, you don't just teach a child. You teach a child, but you also instruct the child. You can teach a child, this is why you should not go near the fire. It will burn you. But then you also don't stop there. You also command the child not to go near the stove, not to go near for the child's own safety. Are you seeing that? So God's word is instructive. It is authoritative. And the wise are those who take heed, who listen and follow God's instructions. So we can see that God's word is vast. God's word has so much more to do with just claiming promises. All right. Um, people who have had or who have this idea have... Um, done so much that has damaged the lives of others. Those who teach it and those who follow such you know, instruction. There are things they've claimed that are not theirs to claim. Alright? Uh, people have claimed so much. I don't want to go into details. They've claimed so many things that are, are terrible. So, here we have a claim um, which is you know, in the name of supernatural childbirth, which I, which I believe in, I believe that by faith, you can actually trust God and believe God for childbirth that is not painful. You can believe God for childbirth that is easy. Are you seeing that? Childbirth that is quick. All right. I believe that so much. God's power can't do anything. All right. If God's power, the Bible calls God's power the exceeding greatness of his power. That means that there is no situation that has ever encountered God's power that was sufficient to pose a threat that god's power was always much 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 more than whatever situation you know was on ground so we have the virgin birth god's power the virgin birth it happened we have god's power the creation of the world we have god's power what happened uh jesus being raised from the dead that is the exceeding the power is too great so if it is something like uh you know, childbirth that becomes, involves a lot of pain, which is a result of the fall, by the way, which was caused by man, all right? You know, if 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 that is the work of the of, of sin, then God's power can rectify it. So I'm all for that, okay? I'm all for that. I believe you can grow yourself in faith. You can believe God's word and, and grow your capacity and, and declare and believe with your spouse, all right, for that. I'm all for that. However, what I am against is when you use scriptures that don't are not, you know, you just use a scripture that has nothing to do with what you say I believe in God for. That is where I draw the line. So let's look at the Hebrew women. So the question with the, the Hebrew women, were they really, uh, what was going on with Hebrew women? Were they so strong and mighty that they were just, before you know it, the, the midwives just come and then boom, the, children are there already there's no work for them to do you know some people based on this have actually rejected medical care they rejected hospitals because of faith i believe god i believe god such very reckless behavior very very reckless behavior you understand <laughs> my argument would be that even if you want to believe god all right and everything okay the hebrew where she says that before the midwives came so what does that mean in those times the mid the, the midwives would go to the there was no you wouldn't have hospitals. You had midwives. They were the ones who would go to the place to birth the child. But in this case, there are hospitals. So what if you're <laughs> if you are experiencing that uh, what they call it? Yeah, contra contraptions. I think that's the word. Contraptions. Go to the hospital. Go there first. Let it be that you are in the hospital in a safe environment. That the thing now just pops. The baby just boom, just 
appears from nowhere and all that stuff and the nurses are just watching you and can't do anything in here. Let it be like that. Not that you now put yourself in harm's way your child by refusing to go to the hospital to receive care. Alright, so without further ado, let's now go to the text and see what it really, really said. Okay, so um, Exodus chapter 1. Now, the, the verse that we, are, that we are focusing on that it was said was verse 19. But you notice that if you really you you actually have to read the context like context means what was the gist what was happening there what was the story what was the pretext so we're going to start from verse 8 okay so it says now there arose a new king of egypt over egypt who did not know joseph and he said to his people look the people of the children of israel are more and mightier than we so their population was much more was much bigger by the time moses took the broke them out of egypt they were about three million plus so they were a lot <laughs> verse 10 it says Come, let us. I wonder what Pharaoh would have done if he saw Lagos. All right, he says, Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happens in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. So you see, Pharaoh was afraid of their numbers. Verse 11 Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Peter and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. So you can see the, the major issue here was the population of the Israelites and the fear of the king of Egypt that these guys are too many and so... This was a strategic move to preserve their people because they felt threatened by the Israelites. Verse 15, Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra and the name of the other was Pua. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the bedstools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. Are you seeing that? Now, look at verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. So you can see clearly that what the Hebrew women did was they had done something that was against the orders of the Pharaoh and at the brink of being, you know, questioned and of course not just questioned they could have been killed what they do they, they sought to defend themselves and so they lied are you seeing that they lied they feared god and so they refused to carry out pharaoh's orders when he now accosted them all right because it tells you in the verse before that they saved the male children that means they did nothing to the male children they give they allowed the hebrew men give birth to those children but when pharaoh asked what did he say he said ah that they are says they are that the women are lively and they give birth before we get to them. Are you seeing that? So it's just careful reading of God's word that lets you see that this is not a promise to hold on to. If anything, this was even a lie. <laughs> it was a lie. So you see, honor for God's word will actually um you know lead you to properly investigate and find out the truth. That is go for the truth, okay? Rather than just 
spread rumors or lies about God's word. So please, whenever you hear this kind of thing, I'm so this is actually a very dead, it's a dead, I think this is a very dead tradition or dead whatever, but I just felt the need to put it out there. Let people understand that this is not the truth. Show them the context and all shall be well. <laughs> okay, guys, that's it for today. Uh, God bless you. Don't forget YMC is coming up on the 19th of this month. You want to be there. We're going to stream, but you want to be there. It's going to be amazing. I already explained the things that God has spoken to me about it. Don't miss it. Also, invite friends. And if you also want to give and sponsor other people to there, you can just head over to at we are yen, all right? At we are yen on Instagram and then make your um make your intentions known and then we'll we'll let you know how to go about that. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. God bless you and Bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien.